Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media podcast. I like how practical and doable everything is. Maybe everything except the files of freezing soups. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Daph. And I'm June. And you're listening to our podcast, List Me Tender, where we delve into bucket lists of things to do before you turn dirty. So today is a really special mini episode. And what that means is that we have the wonderful Daphne here to talk to us about some practical tips that you can do to be a better home cook. For those of you that know me, I really love food and I really love eating and I never actually learned how to cook until I left home mm-hmm. so I am pretty late to the game I grew up watching my mom cook but I personally never cooked but when I moved to Australia I had to start cooking for myself and discovered that I actually really love cooking so I have a few tips that I would like to share with you guys today that you can implement at home and I hope you find them useful. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to these tips. I know that out of all of my friends, if I'm ever going over to someone's place for dinner, I definitely look forward to going to your place the most because whatever you end up cooking it's always delicious so homey and like satisfying yeah that's so what are your tips Daph? so my first tip is you need to be interested in the process of cooking cooking in itself is a not really long and tedious process but it is a process that goes into it and i know that some people don't enjoy it which is totally fine but if you are thinking of Mm -hmm. delving into cooking at home i would highly recommend you know reading blogs watching youtube there are so many great resources on youtube amazing quality and Up to this day, I still spend a lot of time on YouTube where you learn. Even watching someone else do it on YouTube will help you become a better cook um, yourself. So Mm -hmm. highly recommend going on YouTube if there's any recipes that you're interested in cooking. Um, Another resource that I personally really love is this website called Taste Spotting. Pretty much what it is, it's similar to a Pinterest concept, but Mm. only for recipes. Right. And I feel like the quality... Um, of recipes that I find from taste spotting is generally really really great because they're all submitted by um, food bloggers and I feel like sometimes Pinterest it's messy yeah. but if you go into taste spotting um, there's a search function so you can just type in an ingredient that you want to use and it usually brings up all these recipes so oh. I, I generally go there for inspiration as well so I would highly recommend that. That sounds great. Yeah. I guess you always know you're going to have a recipe at the end of it. Well, at the end of it, and also because of the search functionality, say you want to cook chicken. If you put chicken in, you know, it will bring up all the recipe that uses chicken. And because it's in a image picture format, mm. you just you can scroll really quickly and you're like, oh, that looks really great. You click into that and mm. that's your recipe that you can use as inspiration. 
And would you say you rely on that more than YouTube or do they serve different functions? Previously, yes. I use TastePotting more as a resource to look at the recipe and what's in the ingredients mm-hmm. list. And I used to spend a lot of time in on TastePotting in my early 20s. But recently, I've been spending a lot more time in YouTube and realized that, yeah, like the quality of videos on YouTube is amazing, I have to say, especially for cooking. <laughs> you can find everything on it. Okay, so that was tip number one. What is tip number two? Okay, tip number two is a very practical tip. Do your prep work. Mm -hmm. So I have a schedule where I would say maybe every three to four weeks, I will spend half an hour, not more than that, where I actually prep jars of chopped chili, jars of chopped garlic, Mm. so that when I get cooking, it's super easy. I just have to, let's say if I want to make stir-fry veggie, Mm -hmm. all I need to do is open this jar of pre-chopped garlic, chuck it into a pan with my veggies and chilies, and that's done. I feel like a big part of cooking is the prepping process, and if you can cut that time down, you will be more encouraged to cook. So spending that time up front, chopping, peeling, and I generally store my chopped chili and chopped garlics in two separate jars, and just put um, oil in them and they'll last for ages Mm, just regular cooking oil or like olive oil just regular cooking oil so don't use olive oil because olive oil is a strong oil and it has a strong taste Mm. so you want to use neutral oil because you can use this garlic for example in asian cuisines or western cuisines so that is my practical tip (laughs) do your prep work love it do you only do that for garlic or chili or are there other ingredients you also do that for the two consistent one that i always do is for chili and garlic and then sometimes if I have say too much ginger I would also do it for ginger tip number three bulk cooking mm-hmm. so this is something that I have learned from I guess living by myself um, cooking for one person is not worth your time if you make food you should just make a giant pot if possible because the most of the time <laughs> the prep and the cleanup is the same amount of time yeah. so once again you want to maximize so your time when you're cooking. So if you're going to cook for one, you might as well make four portions, split them up and put them in the freezer. Your freezer is your friend. Bulk cooking is the way to go. An example of this is I generally do a big bulk cook of either like a stew or a soup. And what I do is as soon as it's cooked, I will portion it out and put them in my freezer. And what happens is that if you do this every week, over time, you would have a selection of soups in your freezer that you can take out and rotate. For those lazy afternoons. Yeah. You know, especially if you just want to pull something out of your freezer the night before, do that and you have lunch for work. Mm. Um, And then another tip is if you are freezing things in the fridge, try to lay it flat how would i describe it so you would put it into like a ziploc bag and squish it Mm -hmm. so it becomes thin so you can stack them so think (laughs) about like if you want to be fouling paper that's how you want it's like a file cabinet yeah it's like a filing cabinet (laughs) that's amazing Um, so that's a file of soup a file of soup but yeah tip number three is if you're going to cook for one don't bother doing it you might as well make a bigger portion Mm. portion it straight away and freeze it your freezer is your friend. The problem that I have with this is that I often forget what I've frozen. Okay. So do you have a good system of like labeling yes. or putting things in a dedicated space? <laughs> so I have a system now. So I first of all, labeling is um, key. I am lazy when it comes to labeling, but recently I've gotten much better. And all I do is just I keep masking tape in the drawer mm. with a Sharpie. So I just write it on the masking tape and just stick it onto the Ziploc bag. Right. Another Easy. way of managing you know, 
food getting lost in your freezer is I have a piece of paper on my fridge where I write in large letters to eat. And this is really mainly for Alex because Alex will always ask me, <laughs> oh, what do we have? What, what, what can I eat? <laughs> so to get around this, I will spend before the start of the week, I will just have a quick look in the freezer, see what needs to be eaten and write it down on the list. I'm laughing because... It seems like you've applied your project managing to how you organize cooking and eating at home. <laughs> it is. It, to be honest, it is a big project management. Like right now, I have fish marinating in the fridge because I know it needs a couple of hours. So it is about timing and planning. If you want like maximum mm-hmm. taste, you do have to plan in advance. Yeah. Plus bit. efficiency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was tip number three. What is tip number four? So tip number four is something that I've learned with age. When I first got into cooking, I was really excited and wanted to buy all the equipment, which I did, and ended up not really using all of it. Mm. I would advise, if possible, to really only buy equipment that you need. For example, I've actually learned how to cook rice on the hob, which I feel quite impressed with. So at the (laughs) moment, we don't have a rice cooker at home, even though I pretty much eat rice every day yeah when she told me this i gasped (laughs) i audibly gasped um although today alex did say can we please buy a rice cooker because he tried cooking rice yesterday and it was not good i was so angry exactly it's foolproof (laughs) perfect rice every time yeah but other than that i would say yeah go go easy on buying the equipment you know really think about what how you cook what your style of cooking is um and whether or not you need a freaking instapot you know, like for me, a slow cooker mm-hmm. does what I need it to do. I don't need a pressure cooker. I don't need an Instapot. I have a slow cooker I got from the op shop for $15 and it's great. Wow. I love it. You know, um, I have a little blitzer um, and a stick blender that I do use quite a lot. And yeah, I reckon those are the kind of like the two core essential kitchen equipment that I have. What would you say is the most gimmicky kitchen appliance that you have bought I feel like those waffle makers I don't know why people have waffle makers oh yeah or like pancake makers yeah I definitely know my family had one and we only used it five times I would say mm-hmm. uh, there you go. <laughs> that is probably what happens to a lot of waffle makers mm-hmm. in reality how often are you making those things from scratch Never. Yeah. And another thing I do, I, I am guilty for saying this because we actually recently bought a KitchenAid. I was going to say a stand mixer. <laughs> <gasps> hmm. I don't think you need a stand mixer unless you do a lot of baking. Yeah. Right. But I think it's one of those kitchen staples that you think of um, when you imagine a kitchen. But in reality... I don't really know if you need a stand mixer. It's very much a magazine staple, yes. isn't it? Yes. You it's see what it in you the see, right? It's like, magazine. Correct. <laughs> correct. It's like on the bench, but then it's big. Where do you yeah. keep it? If you're in a tiny kitchen, mm-hmm. think of your storage. You want to use your storage wisely as well. Yeah, definitely. So that's my fourth tip. Very last tip. Yeah. And my last and final tip is if you are intimidated by a recipe, try to make an event out of it. So this was the experience that I got when I really wanted to make kimchi. Mm -hmm. And I kept putting it off because I was so intimidated. I was like, oh, it's going to take so long. It's going to like not work out. Anyways, I had all these scary thoughts in my head. Pent up anxiety. 
kimchi anxiety. <laughs> yeah. But then what I did was then I organized a kimchi making day with a group of my friends. And the yeah. idea was we would all do it together. So if it does suck, it's not just on me. And we all had fun <laughs> doing it. And it turned out so great. And we all had so much fun. That is adorable. And because I had that first good experience... I make kimchi all the time now, and I hope that my friends who came to kimchi making party um, also make carried kimchi on the tradition or has the confidence to know that it is possible because we all did it together. That's so cute. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to approach with a group of people that you're intimidated by? Mm. Like, what is your next cooking conquest? I don't really have a next cooking conquest. I think if anything, I just want to up my skills. So like learning mm-hmm. how to fillet fish, how to debone things. So more mm-hmm. skills based. So those are my top five tips for anyone who would like to be a better home cook. Not even be a better home cook, just be more efficient at cooking. And project manage. <laughs> <laughs> but you did say that having fun is the most important thing, right? Yeah, I think that having fun, like having an interest is probably the key thing. And like, don't get me wrong, like cooking is not for everyone. And that's mm-hmm. totally okay as well. There's so much good food out there or, you know, you just want simplicity and convenience. But I think like if you, mm-hmm. for me, it's a hobby. I, I love it. But yeah, I do think it is accessible. And I do think if you, even if you master one or two dishes that you love that you can cook at home, that's great. Amazing. Thanks for sharing your tips. This is a really good topic to be tackling during quarantine life just because we are all home and we are all eating out less. So yeah, I like how practical and doable everything is. Maybe everything except the files of freezing soups. <laughs> I can go away and implement today. <laughs> um, and also maybe you want to check what the policy is about how many people you can have at home before having a kimchi making or a dumpling making party. This is true. It could be virtual as well though, a Zoom kimchi making party. It, it could be, oh yes, it can be virtual, yes. And make sure to wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands, don't touch your face, stay indoors. <laughs> So this next section, Daphne, do you want to introduce it? Yeah, so first of all, we wanted to say a big thank you to everyone um, and for the support of launching season two of our podcast. It's been super overwhelming, but in a really nice way, like someone's giving you a big bear hug. Um, So we wanted to do a few shout outs to people to Mm -hmm. acknowledge that we read your comments and we are so happy to have you guys join us on this journey with us. So the first shout out I want to give is to Natalie from Yellow Bee Pod. Ooh, Natalie, Natalie reached out to us over um, Instagram and said she really enjoyed um, our podcast. So thank you so much, Natalie, mm-hmm. for the support. We really appreciate it. If you guys are interested, do check out her podcast as well. It's called Yellow Bee Pod, where she talks about Asian culture, identity, and more. And she is also a Malaysian, mm-hmm. but she is British-born Malaysian. So... Yay! Representative Malaysia, yo! (laughs) (laughs) Love it. The second shout out goes to our friend Jessie Alley, who is coincidentally on the first season of List Me Tender for the episode Quitting Your Day Job. So Jessie is not only a huge support to us in all the things, but she also gave us a review, our very first one on Apple Podcasts. And it's just really lovely. And like Daph said, it's a very big virtual bear hug. So thank you, Jessie. And the last one uh, would be a big shout out to the Lip 
media family. It has been so nice to feel mm-hmm. so welcome to be part of the network yeah. and for everyone reaching out to us and repping us and help to promote our podcast. We really appreciate yeah. it. And yeah, it's just been so nice. <laughs> so, so lovely. Yeah, there's some really great podcasts in there too. So please check out our Lip Media family. Yeah, they're on Instagram. So if you just go to lip.media, you can just find all the podcasts that you will have access to. From Asian culture all the way through to LGBTQ life and more. So definitely check them out. We just want to say this is our very first mini episode. Tell us what you think. Did you like it? Do you want more of these? If you enjoyed this, please take a screenshot and share it on your IG stories. You can tag us or use the hashtag ListMeTender. We'd love to hear from you and see whether this is something that you enjoyed and whether it's something we should keep on doing or not. So that wraps up this mini episode and thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 